Hello everyone and welcome back to my podcast. This is the sixth episode and today we're talking about attachment styles and emotional dependence. So very spicy topic. And we're going to be talking about relationships with other people, with romantic partners and most importantly with yourself. So let's get straight into it. It was Baubly that first discovered that our behavior in a relationship is constructed in the first year and a half of our lives. So in the first 18 months since we are babies. And the way we will interact in our romantic relationships, our emotional needs, our reactions, they all form in the first 18 months of our life. And they stay the same as we grow into adults, unless we do something to change them. From an evolutionary perspective, infants need protection and care from an attachment figure, such as a parent, in order to survive. Thus, through a process of natural selection, an attachment system that motivates them to seek emotional and physical closeness in times of distress to their caregivers is created. And according to Baubly, the way that the caregiver, their parents, treat this baby helps shape a mental representation of the world for the baby, themselves and close relationships. And this is responsible for the attachment style of the individual later in life in close relationships, which can be secure, avoidant, anxious or disorganized. Having a secure base, whether the caregiver is responsive, available and sensitive to the child's needs, helps the child develop a secure attachment style. Um, So let me present to you a little bit how each attachment style works and what it means. So having a secure attachment is the person that feels safe, feels loved and appreciated feels that it is okay to explore the world and themselves. It stems from that type of relationship between parent and a child, in which the parent stays in the middle of the circle and the child knows that the parent is there and can explore that circle. And every time the child returns to the parent, they know that the parent is still there. The parent doesn't control or limit the child in any way and lets them experience life. So this is the attachment that we all want to have. It is the unconditional love that we need as children and that our parents give us. Emotionally present parents, not all parents, unfortunately. The other types of attachment formed come from the less harmonious behaviors of parents and they manifest in in romantic relationships. So individuals with an avoidant attachment style, they are very uncomfortable with emotional intimacy and depending on others. They tend to use distancing coping strategies and they suppress their negative feelings in order to be more independent. So this person doesn't have a problem until someone else starts having a problem with them. They never talk about their feelings and, you know, for them, everything is okay. So if there is no conflict, there's no problem. 
Also, they feel like they do everything perfectly and there is no issue with them. Others have an issue, you know. They, do, they don't tolerate emotional or physical intimacy. And they're very independent. And they're just good by themselves. Um, so in their childhood, their parents were so absent that they got used to being alone and dealing with everything by themselves. This is where it comes from. The third type of attachment is anxious attachment style. And individuals that have this anxious attachment style have a fear of abandonment. They're very involved in their relationship and crave emotional intimacy in order to feel secure. They usually have a negative self-view and they tend to use hyperactivating coping strategies such as clinging, high demand for attention and care. You know, individuals with an anxious attachment style experience more conflict, jealousy and insecurity in their relationships. They also can have like a very chaotic sex life and they're like they're more likely than other people to consent to unwanted sex. So this person constantly has problems in their relationship and expresses them and is constantly afraid to lose the attention of their partner. They're the kind of person that would do anything to obtain their attention. Like they would even start a fight just to get their partner's attention. And they can even pull back or ignore the other person. But, but they don't do but they do this for attention. So for example, you don't answer the phone, but you look at the phone to see if they call you. It's that type of person. And if they don't call you, you start getting anxious. So this comes from the fear of losing the other person, the fear of being abandoned. This person was ignored in their childhood, so they had to do anything to get their parents' attention. So for instance, get good grades or perform well in another area, cry a lot, or even do bad things just to get attention. And in adulthood, in adulthood, the two main components of attachment anxiety are negative self-view and fear of rejection. And this behavioral system is activated when a person experiences anxiety or other forms of distress and gets turned off when a sufficient reduction of distress um, or increased security is obtained. The third, the fourth and the last attachment type is disorganized attachment. And this is a combination of the two. So this person is anxious until they get the attention of their partner and then they become avoidant. So they alternate between being the anxious one or the hunter because the anxious person always hunts. They, they're needy, they're clingy, they demand the attention of the other person and being hunted or the avoidant one. So insecure people, whether they are anxious, avoidant or disorganized, experience greater psychological distress, difficulty in regulating their emotions and less constructive strategies for coping in comparison to secure people. And previous research has found that 35% of people have an insecure attachment style and out of each 
out of which about 11% have an anxious attachment. And studies show that there is a higher attachment anxiety in women compared to men, um, which are higher usually in attachment avoidance. But these roles can be reversed. And I, I know a lot of men that have an, an anxious attachment style and women that have avoidant attachment styles. But as a rule of thumb, more women have an anxious attachment style. And for most of us, romantic relationships are the most important type of relationship in our life. As this has a large influence on life satisfaction, physical health, psychological well-being, and so on. And there's an extensive body of literature that shows that attachment style impacts the way that individuals behave, feel, and think about their romantic relationships. And past research has found that having a secure attachment strongly predicts higher levels of relationship satisfaction compared to individuals with an insecure attachment style. But the good news is that you can work on it and you can change it. Even though you have an insecure attachment style, avoidant, anxious, or disorganized, you can still change and have a secure attachment style. And you might be asking yourself, how can these four types of attachments co-live with each other? Because they're so different. And it's very interesting because usually avoidant people get together with anxious people because in this way they can keep respecting their emotional patterns that they learned in their childhood because this allows them to relieve their emotional patterns. And our subconscious mind always looks for partners that can trigger our emotional wounds so we can relieve the experiences and traumas that we had in our childhood in order to heal. So for instance, if you're an anxiously attached person, you will look for someone avoidant that reminds you of your mom or your dad that was emotionally unavailable and that you're fighting for to get their attention, that you were fighting for to get their attention. So the first thing to do is to discover your attachment style. And maybe you resonated with some, some of the things that I told you here. Um, and if not, there's no problem because there are a lot of quizzes and books on this subject. So you can go online and just look for attachment style quiz and you can see what is your attachment style. But you need to understand that you have this pattern and you unconsciously choose partners because of this pattern that you have from your childhood. And then understand how your partner is. So if you have a partner, if they're secure, anxious or avoidant and that they, you need to, most people don't get this. They're acting in a certain way. Your partner is acting in a certain way, not because they don't love you or because they have a bad intention towards you, but because their attachment style obligates them to act in these ways. So, for example, if you have an avoidant partner and if you criticize them, they will close down and they'll become even more avoidant and you'll become more anxious. So it's really important to understand the attachment style of your partner and your 
own attachment style. Because if you don't, or if you do, you'll be able to speak on their language. You'll be able to understand why they're behaving in a certain way. And you won't think, oh, my partner has bad intention towards me or doesn't love me, as I said. But this is their protection mechanisms. Because this attachment styles, this insecure attachment styles, they're not born out of healthy, loving interactions with our parents, but they're born from unhealthy interactions. And we develop as children some protection mechanisms, either to cling, you know, draw attention to our, from our parents to ourselves or to avoid our parents. So we close down so we don't feel anything anymore. So this is the avoidant type of person. So this is just a protection mechanism. And most of us have it. Most of us. And something vital that you need to understand is that no matter what kind of partner you have, and let me tell you, so no matter what kind of pattern you have, and let me tell you something, if you're watching this podcast, you are most likely to have an anxious attachment style. If you're very eager to improve yourself, to heal your relationships, it's because you probably have an, an anxious attachment style because avoidant people don't feel the need to look for more because they already feel like they're perfect. So something vital that you need to understand is that the person, your partner, is not responsible for your anxiety. It's not your partner that makes you feel anxious. This is something inside of you. It is your pattern. And they're just triggering your pattern. It's like when you press a wound, a bleeding wound on someone, and it hurts because the wound is open and is bleeding. But if you heal that wound and you press the same place again, it will not hurt. Your partner is actually giving you a gift because they're pressing your buttons and they're showing you where these wounds are and what you need to do and what you need to work on in order to be happier and heal and have a balanced life. And no matter whether it's your partner or someone else, these buttons will get triggered anyways. So this happens all the time. Because, um, you know, I know people that, for instance, don't get in relationships because they say, oh, I'm better by myself because they know that these wounds will get triggered. They'll become anxious usually, you know, or they'll have different emotional reactions because if you've seen in your relationships, it's kind of like you're dating the per same person in a different body because it's, it's not about the person. It's about your emotional patterns that you have from your childhood. And a lot of people prefer to stay alone, but this is not the solution because when you're alone, you're not healing. The best way to grow, to evolve, is to, is to actually be in a relationship. So if you want to evolve, you can't evolve that much. You can do some work by yourself, obviously, but 
when you're in a relationship, you will constantly be triggered and your partner is a mirror for you and they'll show you what you need to work on in order to heal. So as I said, you have to appreciate your partner that they're showing you what you need to do to actually have a happy relationship and happy life. Because, you know, people say, oh, I'll be alone for the rest of my life. But the truth is, we are emotion, we are animals that are social. So we are social animals. We need people. We're not like, we're not constructed biologically to be by ourselves. That's why we are always in tribes. Ever since the beginning of humanity, we were always together. We're always in tribes. We're social animals. So don't tell me you want to be by yourself because that goes beyond your biology. By yourself all your life. Okay, so don't get me wrong because it's very good to be by yourself from time to time and learn to have a good relationship with yourself. And this is actually, we'll talk about this a little bit later, like about loneliness, that in order to get over loneliness, you actually need to start liking to be alone and accept your loneliness. To have a good relationship, you need to accept your loneliness. But more about this later. So what most people feel in their romantic relationships is emotional dependence. And this comes from this comes with jealousy, suspicion, fear of abandonment, your need to control the other person and sometimes maybe even make them feel inferior. So you feel all of these things when your security base that you formed in your childhood isn't stable, when your self-confidence and love are very fragile. So how do you solve this emotional dependence and insecure attachment style? So let's play a little game so you can figure out your emotional base. So what do I want you so what I want you to do is first close your eyes and think about a moment in your life. Think about a moment in your romantic relationship where you had a fight or you felt bad about your partner when you weren't feeling good. Close your eyes and imagine that you're seeing this event and you're reliving it right now. Then I want you to observe yourself. I want you to see the way you were in this situation, like you're watching yourself. Notice your facial expressions the tone of your voice. Notice how you act. And then ask yourself, what do I feel about myself? What feeling comes up related to yourself in that situation? And I'm not interested about what you felt about your partner or the conflict. What do you feel about yourself? How do you see yourself? Okay, you can open your eyes. If you felt anger, frustration, sadness, pity, disgust, any negative emotion, your emotional foundation indicates emotional dependence and is not stable. If you felt love, confidence, inner peace, 
That means that your emotional foundation is balanced. What you feel about yourself will influence what kind of people you will be attracted to. You will choose a partner that trigger those that triggers those feelings inside of you. You know, the people around you pick up the attitude that you have about yourself and treat you the same way. Your partner is a mirror and they will feel for you what you feel about yourself. I know that this may be hard to hear and you're probably you probably want to throw something at me right now. But if you don't like yourself, if you feel shame or like you're not good enough or you reject yourself one way or, no, or another, your success in your relationship is blocked. When you feel good about yourself, when you feel good in your own scheme, you like yourself, you feel proud about yourself. So you have more confidence and believe in your own strength. This is when your relationship will be happy and healthy. Because I'll give you a secret. The quality of a relationship is given by the quality of the emotions that people bring inside the relationship. The relationship itself is like a vase. And this is where people put their energy. And depending on what kind of emotions they bring in, this is what the quality of the relationship will be like. So if the people put in frustration, anger, jealousy, if, they, if the people feel bad and they're unhappy in their own lives, if they don't have energy, if they're constantly in a negative mood, this how do you expect your relationship to be positive? The relationship itself doesn't create emotions. The people put, in, put their own emotions in the relationship and the relationship is the quality of people's emotions. On the other hand, if you if people are full of love, you know, for themselves, first of all, because you need to love yourself in order to love anyone else, and confidence, and they feel positive emotions, if they're enjoying their lives, if they have a purpose in their life, you know, they're both working for something, and they don't make their whole life about their partner, and they don't expect their partner to give them happiness or love or validation, this is when the quality of the relationship will be good. Okay, so what do we do? Because to be fairly honest, all of us have emotional wounds and are either anxiously or avoidantly attached. So first of all, and this is very, very important, inner child work. So you need to understand that it is actually not you that feels those feelings of anxiety and that pain. It is actually your inner child. So basically, we get emotionally stuck at the age at which an emotional trauma happens. So let's say that your dad left you when you were five. You will have the emotional resources of a five-year-old. So you will start feeling abandoned. So when you start feeling um, those feelings of abandonment as an adult, it is actually your inner child feeling that. So it's really important to be aware of yourself, to be an observer and start noticing when um, those feelings arise. 
And in that moment, I want you to ask yourself, am I being the adult or is my inner child coming up? Because the adult doesn't have emotional resources. No, sorry, <laughs> the other way around. The child doesn't have emotional resources, but the adult does. The adult doesn't have these wounds. It is your inner child that has these wounds. The adult has emotional resources. The adult knows how to regulate themselves. The adult knows how to make themselves feel better and how to take care of their inner child. So what you need to do in that moment is take care of your inner child instead of asking your partner to take care of them. Because your inner child needs you, not someone else. Your inner child doesn't want your partner to take care of them. It wants you to take care of them. So a really good exercise that you can do, and I'll give you two exercises to work on your inner child, is first to close your eyes and see where, notice where in your body you feel the tension. So let's say you had a conflict or you're feeling anxious because of your partner. You just had a fight. So close your eyes and notice, like, where in my body do I feel tension? Do I feel bad? So find that part of your body and ask your inner child, what do they need? And most times they don't feel safe. They don't feel loved. They feel criticized because most of us have a very critical voice in our head that we took from our parents. And this is how we talk to ourselves. So, for instance, if your mom used to criticize you a lot, this is probably the way you talk to yourself in your own mind. And I invite you to actually observe this. How do you, how do you talk to yourself? Are you critical or are you accepting? Are you loving or are you like unaccepting? Are you judging yourself? So just notice what, how do you talk to yourself? Because this is extremely important. So see what your inner child needs. You can literally ask them, do a visualization and exercise and ask them, what do you need? What do you feel like you need right now? And then give it to them. Give them unconditional love and acceptance. Give them safety. The, the main thing that people that have an, anxiously, an anxious attachment need is safety. So give your inner child that inner, that feeling of safety. You need to become your own parents. Even if your parents weren't as good or, you know, they didn't have a healthy relationship between themselves or with you and you took on those patterns, it doesn't matter. If you're over the age of 18, you can become your own parents emotionally. You can start taking care of yourself. Another way that I like to use is journaling. So talking to my inner child in a dialogue. And recently I discovered a really interesting technique that I like to use. And it is to write with my dominant hand as the adult and with the non-dominant hand as the inner child. So um, I'm a right-handed person, so I write with my right hand when I'm being the adult, and then when I'm being the child, I write with my left hand. So this is because our left side of the body is more connected to the right hemisphere of the brain. So the right 
uh, hemisphere of the brain controls the left side of the body. So this means that and our right hemisphere is takes care of emotions. You know, it's where our like emotions and wounds and patterns lay. So your inner child will talk to you better if you write with this hand. So this is a very fast way to process and release those stuck emotions. And don't be afraid of anything that you feel or that comes up because these emotions need to be expressed in order to be released. Otherwise, you will suppress them and they will block you in your life. Um, whenever you feel like you need something from your partner, like you need them to give you validation, love, attention... I want you to give that to yourself. I want you to give that to your inner child. Do you need love? Give love to your inner child. Do you need attention? Give attention to yourself. Because most people, what they do is they actually ignore themselves. But they're expecting someone else to pay attention to them. So this is a very big mistake that they do. The second thing that is important for anxiously attached people is to have a life of their own. So anxiously attached individuals tend to make their whole life about their partner. So it's like they're the center of their universe and everything revolves around their partner. And of course, they're afraid to lose them because if their partner leaves, everything falls apart and they feel like they lose their identity. So... Take some space from your partner. I invite you, even though it feels very bad and it's hard, I know, but take some space from your partner and start building a life of your own that makes you happy. Do activities that bring you pleasure. Meet new people. Take some time to understand yourself and what you like. You need to become the center of your own life. And your partner is just an island that revolves around your life. A very important island, of course, but there are many other islands, like your career, your family, sport, art, travel, being a father, a mother, a student, a brother, a sister, your personal development, meditation, so whatever it is for you. And don't worry if you don't know yet what makes you happy. This is a very exciting opportunity for you to find out what you love to do and discover what makes you happy. Don't base all your happiness on your partner. They are not responsible to make you happy. You are responsible. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions or ideas, you can DM me on Instagram at Francesca Psychology. Have an amazing day and see you next time. Bye.